Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Tonight is Holy Saturday. And because it is Holy Saturday, the Easter Vigil carries kind of a dual nature. As you notice at the beginning of the service, it was really a continu- it is a continuation of Good Friday last night. This is part three of the Triduum. This is the end of the Holy Triduum. The service that began on Monday, th- Monday, Thursday will end tonight. If people don't come tonight, then it's ending tomorrow. But for this, with the sunrise. But traditionally, the end is the Easter Vigil. But it starts in darkness. Why? Because Good Friday ended in darkness. You're beginning where you left off. When you went home last night, you're basically just taking a break until tonight. And so think about what it must have been like for those disciples on that first Holy Saturday. They had witnessed Jesus beaten, tortured, and killed. Jesus, the one whom Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. They were certain he was the Christ, he was the Messiah, he was the one to bring redemption and salvation to the whole world. But how can he do that when he is dead? Now Jesus told them over and over. He told them, told Peter, even after Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, you could see it in the very next paragraph. Peter, Jesus is saying to them, he is going to be crucified. He's going to, and he's going to rise. And Peter says, no, Lord, this will never happen to you. And Jesus says it over and over. And every time it happens in the Gospels, it says the disciples have no clue what he's talking about. So he told them what was going to happen, but they didn't get it. And so, as far as they are concerned, the one who was supposed to lead them to salvation the one who was to redeem them, and in some of their minds to overthrow the Roman Empire, was killed in a most convincing fashion. And so behold the man, as we said throughout the season of Lent. Behold the man lying in a grave, dead. Jesus, who is and there is true man, laid dead in that tomb on that Saturday. And not only was it a true man, as we talked, I mentioned this on Monday, Thursday, but go all the way back to Christmas Day 
and you hear those words, and the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. So Jesus is the Word become flesh. He is God in the flesh. Jesus is God. There is never a moment when he is not God, which means, yes, God was crucified. God died. God was buried. And by the way, if you really want to twist your brain and not figure out how that works with the Trinity, because the fa- God was alive because the Father's alive, but God is the Son, and he's, yeah, don't get into that. You'll have headaches. Take a lot of Tylenol if you start try- dealing with that one. But God was dead. Imagine how anguished they would have been how hopeless they would feel. But see, here's the other aspect of the Easter Vigil. We celebrate this. It's called a vigil because we're literally, we're keeping watch. We're keeping watch for the coming of the Easter celebration. And that is why the Easter celebration is starting to seep through. You've already heard, well, the white is out. But also, you've heard it. You already heard it, that word that you had not heard since Transfiguration Sunday, or possibly you went to a Mardi Gras service. I don't know, maybe somebody found one of those. You have not heard that word since then. What word is that? Alleluia. You heard it. And right in a little bit, you're going to hear a little bit more in our hymns. And it's slowly beginning to seep through. And then tomorrow when you get at the Easter services, it's going to go full blown, full blast. But Easter is starting to seep through because the joy is ours. We know that he had to die. We know that he had to rise from the dead. And so on the Easter vigil, it is tradition. There are many churches throughout the entire world that will hear this very same message you are about to hear. It is a message written by St. John Chrysostom. It's known as the Pastoral Homily. St. John Chrysostom lived from 349 to 407 AD. And at the end, you'll hear a little bit of the sermon from Melito of Sardis, who died in 180 AD. And by the way, this is one of his shorter sermons. Because if I read most of St. John Chrysostom's sermon, you should probably plan to just go straight to sleep when you go home because they're like hour, two-hour sermons. This is, one, this is the short one. I mean, really short one. So, it begins. Are there any who are devout lovers of God? Let them enjoy this beautiful, bright festival. Are there any who are grateful servants? Let them rejoice and enter into the joy of their Lord. Are there any weary with fasting? Let them now receive their wages. If any have toiled from the first hour, let them receive their due reward. If any have come after the third hour, let him with gratitude join in the feast. And he that arrived after the sixth hour, let him not doubt, for he too shall sustain no loss. And if any delayed until the ninth hour, let him not hesitate, but let him come too. And he who arrived only at the eleventh hour, let him not be afraid by reason of his delay. 
For the Lord is gracious and receives the last, even as the first. He gives rest to him that comes at the eleventh hour, as well as to him that toiled from the first. To this one he gives, and upon another he bestows. He accepts the works as he greets the endeavor, the deed he honors, the intention he commends. Let us all enter into the joy of the Lord. First and last alike, receive your reward. Rich and poor, rejoice together. Sober and slothful, celebrate the day. You that have kept the fast and you that have not, rejoice today for the table is richly laden. Feast royally on it. The calf is a fatted one. Let no one go away hungry. Partake all of the cup of faith. Enjoy all the riches of his goodness. Let no one grieve of his poverty. Let the universal kingdom, for the universal kingdom has been revealed. Let no one mourn that he has fallen again and again, for forgiveness has risen from the grave. Let no one fear death. For the death of our Savior has set us free. He has destroyed death by enduring it. He destroyed hell when he descended into it. He put it into an uproar as it tasted of his flesh. Isaiah foretold this when he said, You, O hell, have been troubled by encountering him below. Hell was in an uproar because it was done away with. It was in an uproar because it is mocked. Hell was in an uproar, for it is destroyed. Hell is in an uproar, for it is annihilated. Hell is in an uproar, for it is now made captive. Hell took a body and discovered God. It took earth and encountered heaven. It took what it saw and was overcome by what it did not see. O death! Where is thy sting? O hell, where is thy victory? Christ is risen, and you, O death, are annihilated. Christ is risen, and the evil ones are cast down. Christ is risen, and the angels rejoice. Christ is risen, and life is liberated. Christ is risen, and the tomb is emptied of its dead. For Christ, having risen from the dead, is become the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For he arose from the dead and mounted up to the heights of heaven. When the Lord had clothed himself with humanity and had suffered for the sake of the sufferer and had been bound for the sake of the imprisoned and had been judged for the sake of the condemned and buried for the sake of the one who was buried, he rose up from the dead and cried aloud with this voice, Who is he who contends with me? Let him stand in opposition to me. I set the condemned man free. I gave the dead man life. I raised up the one who had been entombed. Who is my opponent? I, he says, am the Christ. I am the one who destroyed death and triumphed over the enemy and trampled Hades underfoot and bound the strong one and carried off man to the heights of heaven. I, he says, am the Christ. Therefore come, all families of men, you who have been befouled with sins and receive forgiveness for your sins. I am your forgiveness. 
I am the Passover of your salvation. I am the lamb which was sacrificed for you. I am your ransom. I am your light. I am your savior. I am your resurrection. I am your king. I am leading you up to the heights of heaven. I will show you the eternal father. I will raise you up by my right hand. Thus says Christ. This is the one who made the heavens and the earth and who is the beginning created man who was proclaimed through the law and prophets, who became human through the virgin, who was hanged upon a tree, who was buried in the earth, who was resurrected from the dead, who ascended to the heights of heaven, who sits at the right hand of the Father, who has authority to judge and to save everything, through whom the Father created everything from the beginning of the world to the end of the age. This is the Alpha and the Omega. This is the beginning and the end. An indescribable beginning and an incomprehensible end. This is the Christ. This is the King. This is Jesus. This is the General. This is the Lord. This is the one who rose up from the dead. This is the one who sits at the right hand of the Father. He bears the Father and is born by the Father. To whom be the glory and the power forever. Amen. Good stuff. That, was, that, by the way, that last part is the oldest sermon that we, have, that we have found record of, of Easter sermon. That is who was in the grave. That is the God, the man, who was in the grave and rose victoriously. He is your king. He is your general, your Lord. And so we say, Alleluia! Christ is risen! He is risen indeed. Alleluia! Blessed is the kingdom of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, now and ever unto the ages of ages. Amen. Please stand.